Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. This is my man Patrick plays uh, specific songs for us that are supposed to lead us to clues um, that actually give us the new theme for New Theme Thursday. And today it's all about Texas. Texas Independence Day. So it is songs specifically with Texas in the title. Which one is this one? What's Texas Flood by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Texas Flood. There you go. Yeah. I do recognize May- the jam. Maybe apropos for later tonight. Yeah, I've, no, I've been hearing about dangerous. this. Yeah, it's been looking gloomy all day. Hmm, but uh, I heard it, it did storm though, in like the the hill country and stuff like that. Bucky said, "You're driving in. It was crazy oh, for him. It's crazy." Yeah, Bucky said it was dangerous, man, on the roads like four in the morning. But other than that, I mean, here in cent- like centralized Austin, we haven't had much of that. But it has looked gloomy all day. So uh, please be careful on the roads if you are uh, getting into some of that bad weather. We'll talk about the NFL Combine. We'll give you the updates. We got three Longhorns that are actually performing today. Demarvin Overshawn, the linebacker, two D linemen have already. Uh, done most of their uh, testing, but we'll give you the updates on that. Moro Ojimo and Kendra Coburn. Uh, speaking of DeMarvion Overshone, apparently the Cowboys are interested in one DeMarvion Overshone. Very interested in him. We'll get into that coming up. Uh, we'll also talk about Bijan Odds, but first we're going to start with Mike McCarthy. Come on, man. Yeah, first we'll start with Mike McCarthy. Because this is interesting. Mike McCarthy, he's speaking at the NFL Combine. He's been asked a lot of different questions about the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The NFL is the number one TV show in America. Dallas Cowboys are the, the number one TV star on yep. the number one TV show in America. So Cowboys are a big topic of discussion, especially since they've made a lot of wholesale changes offensively with their coaching staff. So they asked Mike McCarthy about Kellen Moore. Specifically, um, he's been talking a lot about Kellen Moore. Very complimentary things, too, by the way. He's been very complimentary about Kellen Moore and mm-hmm. what he did. And really, has I don't think he said one critical or negative thing about Kellen Moore since As I he heard these comments coming out. Um, but here is Mike McCarthy when he was speaking at the NFL Combine about the new offense, but also the coaching changes and also the offense without Kellen Moore. He's in. Um, you start the evaluation process for me personally. It's been the same each and every year. Uh, you take the first, you know, three days for, with the players, and you know, and then we obviously had a civic significant number of changes on our staff. Um, so, just really part of the the evaluation and part of the next step. So, um, I, I think you know, obviously, I think Kellen did an excellent job. If you look at the the way we played over the, the course of the last three years. Um, you know, as a head coach, every head coach has a vision of how you want the football team to play, what they look like. Um, you know, our complimentary formula, complimentary football formula, I felt was the best this year, the three years. Uh, so um, I, I think every three, four, five years into your offense, you need to make, you know, pretty good, not significant, but changes and adjustments, tendencies and things like that. So um, I, I just I just felt this was a, a good time to make that change. All right. Um, that was a good time. Very complimentary. He, he said some other things, too, we don't have actual sound of, so we'll just give you the, the quotes that came um, from the NFL Combine. Um, he also uh, talked about how they wanted to run the ball more. Mm-hmm. Um, he did say that, yeah, they essentially they want to run the ball more to keep their defense off the field. Uh, that was also one of the remarks he made at the NFL Combine. That would be one of their. That would be one of. I, I don't even know if that's one of the philosophical changes or differences. He did say thirty to thirty-five percent of the offense is changing. 
Yep. We just don't know exactly what that 30 to 35% is, Sarge, in terms of what he's going to change. But he did say that, yeah, he's he, they, they want to run the ball more. That's one of the things that they brought up. And I think that means if you're going to run the ball more, then you got to you got to invest in running backs, so I think that's good for Tony Pollard, and it may be good for them drafting another running back in this draft. Absolutely, and that's something that I've been talking about from the very beginning is when the Cowboys and Dak had success, they were running the ball, and even if they weren't running it as the numbers would dictate some of the other teams did, you still posed a threat when you ran play action. His numbers were very high when he was running play action passes and being able to see the defense a little bit differently. I, I think that is something that we've all talked about here. We The Cowboys get pass happy. They did it with Romo. They did it with Dak. They've done it a lot. Um, when you're sitting there looking at the team and saying, why are we not running the ball at this point or at this junction of the game? There's so many different things that we, we can all nitpick, and we always mm-hmm. do. There's so many things that we can pick apart on every team. Uh, we, we, we look at certain things, and you're like, why are they doing that? It's just the way that they felt the game was going. But there were so many times that we're sitting here saying, your defense just got off the field, and you run three plays, and they're right back out there. You can't do it. You can't do that because most of the and and you stop the clock because it was an incomplete pass. So there were so many mm. times that I'm looking at this team and saying, "Why are we not running the ball to try to make it work for our defense?" And I agree with Mike McCarthy on that point of it. To change it 25 to 30 percent of the of the offense, 30 to 35 percent. Yeah, we don't know what that entails. We don't know exactly how he thinks of that. But as long as running the ball is involved in it. I'm all for it. And, again, maybe Mike McCarthy will call some screen plays to try to move the ball, too. Coach Sark, (laughs) run some screen plays. Uh, The quote from Mike McCarthy, this is obviously different from the audio we just played. He said, quote, I've been where Kellen has been. Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up, Mm -hmm. but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know, but you're in charge of the offense, being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little bit more in tune with everything. I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with a number of wins and a championship. Hello. And if we got to give up some production and take care of the ball better to get that, then that's what we'll do because we have a really good defense, end quote. Okay. I'm still not buying uh, uh, him that much, though. I'm not buying Mike McCarthy that much, but I love what he just said. Uh, I'll leave it there. Earlier, before the season even started, we had a guest on um, for Harsh Knock Life, and I'm not sure. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Who it was. was it Goose? Goose Gosselin? Or, I think yeah, it, was it was Goose. I think it was Goose Gosselin. Yep. And I asked him a question. I said, Goose, there are two ways to win the Super Bowl. Elite quarterback, elite pass rush. Cowboys are closer <clears throat> to being the latter than the former. Why not go all in on the elite pass rush slash defense? And Goose said, you're damn right. That's right. exactly what they need to do. Right. You're putting too much on Dak because you assume he's elite. He ain't He ain't getting there. He, that ain't him. He's he's a, he's about close to his ceiling right now. But it's still a damn good quarterback, by the way. Right. Hovering around being a top 10 quarterback, what you need to do is – emphasize and invest in other aspects of that team, mainly the defense. Michael Parsons is arguably, some people would call him, the most unique defensive player in the league and is one of the top five best pass rushers in the league just right now. Um, 
and maybe that's what the Cowboys need to be building around. And that sounds crazy, but it's to me that's kind of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's he's basically saying like, yeah, we can't get there just by being a high scoring offense anymore, because situationally it doesn't work with us when we get on the big stage in playoff time playing elite competition. It never should have been being there. that team yes. being being built in that way. It always backfires on us. Yep. We should be built in another way that gives us kind of more margin for error. Other than we need big Dak energy, and if we don't get big Dak energy, then we're going to lose. We're depending on everything for big Dak energy. Remember I said about Dak. Dak essentially for the Cowboys, he was a happy accident, just like Viagra. They didn't depend. They didn't know Viagra was going to end up being a you know a, a drug that could help you know in terms of your libido and sexual enhancement and all that stuff. They had no idea it was a cardiovascular drug. It was a happy accident. Dak's the same thing, right? Dak was drafted in the fourth round. He wanted Paxton, Paxton Lynch. They wanted Connor Cook. They ended up with Dak Prescott. Boom, third string quarterback ended up being a really good quarterback. Great investment by the Dallas Cowboys. With that being said, though, now. I think the 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 real mission for Mike McCarthy is how do I get consistent big Dak energy all the time? We've seen it and we've seen it in flashes. That's what all of you Dak heads out there have been talking about. That's why you love you some Dak. That's why although the Dak haters also, they do have a valid argument. Because Dak sometimes on the big stages, you don't get the best of Dak Prescott. You get Dak Prescott who throws interceptions at crucial times. You get Dak Prescott who can't make the big throw or the big play or the crucial play at the right time in clutch time. And for Mike McCarthy to take a, you know take the play calling, and now also he's going to be the guy that's responsible for the offense. It's his offense. I think his number one mission is to bring out the best in Dak Prescott. How do you do that? And I think that's where he came up with the 30 to 35% because he's going to do exactly what you want, Harge. If Dak is good in play action, let's do more play action. If he's good on the boots and the rollouts, let's go to the boots and the rollouts. Let's do more of that. More of emphasizing Dak's strengths and let's de-emphasize the weaknesses. Whatever he's bad at, let's stop doing that. Right. Let's do it more when he's good at it. And that's why he's saying let's run the ball more. That way we don't even put so much of the burden on Dak Prescott initially. He's more of a complementary weapon of the offense rather than the entire offense himself. Yeah, Dallas finished fourth in the NFL last season (laughs) in points per game with 27.4 behind Kansas City, Philly, and Buffalo. In total yards, they had 354.9 yards per game, which was 11th in 2022 after leading – the uh, leading the entire NFL in that category in 2021. And what did that get you? Nothing. It didn't get you anything. So if you're going to be in the middle for everything, because the biggest thing we talked about before, Rod, was how big of a jump that defense made. Because they were awful before. Mm-hmm. Now they're in the middle of the pack. They're near the top of the, 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 the league in their defensive uh, numbers. So that's the same. Just be in the middle. As long as you're winning ball games and you can get to the Super Bowl, be there. I'm cool with that. I don't have to. Oh well, you know, Cowboys. You know, they lost. They won, but um, they won 12 games and they led the league in numbers. Who cares? I want to be leading the league at the end of the season, playing for a championship. That's what it matters. That's what Mike McCarthy said. I don't care about all those numbers. I want to be considered the best team in the NFL at the end of the year. That's it. That's all, that's all Andy Reid looks at. 
but he got he got no. magician back there. I was gonna say Andy yeah. Reid. He's got Patrick Mahomes boy they, back there. They have the best offense in the league. Yeah, but, and but that's still winning games. But that was the funny <laughs> part about the difference of when people are getting on Mike McCarthy for saying that he wants to run the ball more and doesn't want to just chunk it downfield. Like Patrick Mahomes doesn't just chunk it downfield anymore, anymore because the yep. defense is adjusted to it. Yep. It's like it, the bigger problem with Kellen Moore wasn't so much that it was always down. It was that it was always slow developing plays mm-hmm. where you're making plays where Dak can't get to his first read until way too late into the progression. And now you're making it to where more people can read his eyes because where he's trying to look to not look to his. You have to make the game a little bit simpler and go more quick plays. So even if it's not play action, we're just trying to get it over the middle to a tight end or we're just trying to get it off over here. We're just trying to get things to get the ball out of his hands and get a first down. Let's just get a first down. I get it's harder to pick up first down to first down, but also if we're throwing deep on first because we're going to catch him off guard, and then we run up the middle on second and it's now third and eight, how many times can you do that before we can stop pretending that Kellen Moore is tearing it up against elite teams? Because he's not, and that's who you're going to meet in the playoffs. Yeah, but see, that's why I, I do think there's a uh, a misconception about the run game. I, I would even like him to clarify. I, I do think he meant just run the ball better. I don't know if he meant run the ball more. Right, yeah. right, right. I think he meant run it better and be more efficient and effective in the running game, more so than run it more. Because a couple of stats about the Cowboys, right? If you look at the Cowboys in uh, 2021 and in 2020, you go look at the run-run-pass rate of the Cowboys. Look at the percentage of series that go run-run-pass which is the most predictable series in football. You're going to run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, and then pass the ball on third down when you have to throw the ball. Um, the Cowboys, 28% this year, third highest. Now, a lot of that is Cooper Rush having to play so many games. I think with Dak being out, they got really conservative. That's where I think that number came from. You go look at Mike McCarthy in recent years. He loves to throw the ball on early downs. 2010, 2018, the, the Mike McCarthy offense actually led the NFL in early down pass rate. This season, when Dallas threw the ball on first down, they had the second highest down set conversion rate behind the Kansas City Chiefs, mm. when they threw the ball on first down, when they ran the ball on first down, they actually dropped to 22nd in a down, down set conversion rate. So the Cowboys actually are really good when they throw the ball early and they kind of disrupt the equilibrium of the defense by keep, get catching them off guard because they can throw the ball early. Now, you don't have to throw it downfield early. These can be short, intermediate passes and extension of the running game, which, by the way, is something else that will also change in this new offense. That 30 to 40 percent they're talking about, at least 30 to 35 percent they're talking about. The Cowboys ran the fourth most hitch routes in the NFL. Hitch routes are essentially five yards, turn around, uh, look at the quarterback, routes. stop yeah. routes. It is, that's, it's just that's an easy route to defend. I don't know why they're running so many hitch routes. Uh, so I guarantee you now with Mike McCarthy calling the plays and now with Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator, you're going to see a lot more movement routes, so fewer hitch routes, probably fewer curl routes and stop routes, period. And you won't have so many stationary targets. There will be more of the, the shallow crossing spears, crossing routes, overs, unders, China passing game, that kind of stuff. So, so it, it, there will be subtle changes to the offense. Whether they are Dak friendly is the key. Because, right. like I said, it's all about getting big Dak energy. You got to make sure everything is Dak friendly. Yeah, you got to yeah. have it that way. I mean, and and mm. that is something that I, at one point, he and Kellen Moore had the offense as Dak friendly. 
That's why the numbers were so high. That's why they were so great. They were having so much fun and scoring a lot of points, but still not. They were still finishing like eight and eight. You know what I'm saying? Nine and seven. They were still in that realm. They're just not getting over the hump, and that's the biggest thing. We could talk about this all offseason and try to figure out what the offense is going to be until they get to the NFC championship game. It's all fodder. It's all fodder because that's all the fans are looking for. That's the only way I'm going to get them Dak haters off my boy. That's true. If they get to the championship game and he plays well, people will be like, ah, he got lucky. He got lucky. Well, don't, it don't matter. Whatever it is, just get there, and then we can we can sort it out from there. And if Mike McCarthy, which this is big for Mike McCarthy too, because it, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down with my quarterback, and I want to be in charge of calling plays, and this is the way we're going to do it. So the only problem that I had with Mike McCarthy throughout that whole conversation and what happened this entire year, you're the head coach, man. If you wanted to run the ball more, walk right over to him or get into the headset and say, we need to run the ball more right here. Let's do that because you are the man in charge. You're the one that everybody's supposed to be looking at for the leadership. So if that was what your goal was, you should have told him that. You could have been in control of that the entire time, and you weren't. So now we're supposed to, okay, Now's your opportunity, but now you're the one that has everything written on you. Everything that happens moving forward, this was what you wanted. This is who you are. So if they decide and the Cowboys don't do well, you gone, player. Well, it's not just do well. I think they can do well. They have to get past right. the divisional round. Right. Unfortunately, that is the only standard of success for Mike McCarthy. Other than that, Cowboys fans are going to deem it to be 100% a failure of a season. It was a terrible year. Because you got to get past that point. That you we keep, won 12 yeah. games, Mike. Terrible because you didn't get out the divisional round. I would say terrible, but it would, it would be considered a disappointment. Yeah. They, that's, all this is about getting the Cowboys past the divisional round because that seems to be the ceiling 100%. for the organization right now. 100%. Uh, but talk about Cowboys. Might as well continue the Cowboys conversation. Uh, we also will give you updates on the defensive linemen and where the Longhorns now stand uh, in their ranking with the defensive line testing. Uh, more Ojimo and Kendra Coburn. They were early. I think they did all the interior defense linemen early. And I wish they would separate the edge guys from the interior defense linemen, but they, I don't think they do that. You need to classify them all as defensive linemen. So we'll give you the latest with uh, the defensive linemen from Texas and where they rank. But DeMarvion Overshaw. Hold on. Before you go to DeMarvion Overshaw, remember I told you about Nolan Smith, the kid from Georgia, and what he's done? Yeah, man, it's crazy. He, he just ran a 4 4 40. <laughs> what was his vertical? 41. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's testing well. Remember yeah. what you said? Some people can win. Dicks can win the combine. Combine. Yeah. You can also We lose all thought it. he was good, but now you're seeing the freakish numbers that are coming mm-hmm. out of the combine. I can't wait to see what DeMarvian does. Uh, he ain't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love DeMarvian. You know, that <laughs> he ain't gonna do that kind of stuff. He's gonna, he's gonna test really well. That is a different level. And the, the linebackers are getting faster and faster every oh, year. Oh, for sure. The linebackers are probably the in terms of the forty yard dash, we've probably seen the most drastic leap in mm-hmm. in faster forties over the last five or six years uh, at linebacker than any other position. No doubt. It's crazy how fast yeah. the linebackers are these days. D linemen, and it's just more and more freakish by the day. Anyway, getting back to Texas uh, linebacker Demarvio Novershone, um, he was recently speaking at the NFL Combine, and they asked him, you know, what 
teams have you been talking to and who's interested in DeMarvin Overshone? He said, quote, I've talked to the Cowboys a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, Dan Quinn, I've seen him a lot around the Texas facility while I was there. So being able to chop it up with him here uh, during the formal interviews and then talking to them at the Reese's Senior Bowl, that defense is amazing. And being able to play along some of the guys, it would be fun. Uh, He's also, I, I, I imagine he's talking about when... Um, they came, Dan Quinn came for the coaches clinic mm-hmm. to speak at the coaches clinic for, for Sark. And by the way, this year is going to be my man, Shano, Kyle Shanahan, lifetime oh. Longhorn is coming back to speak at the, uh, Steve Sarkeesian coaching clinic. You need to get up in high that school conversation, coaches. Uh, no, I'm not going to the coach. <laughs> no, <laughs> I go hang out with my dog. I ain't going to the coaches <laughs> clinic. No. Uh, but anyway, uh, he also was asked like what, what's going on at those, uh, meetings with the Cowboys. He said, quote, we had great meetings. Uh, we really just watched my, watched my film. Uh, they talked a lot about how they loved my, my relentless effort, and there is a lot that they can do with me in their system. It was a great overall formal interview with them. I I totally could see Dan Quinn having a little mini crush on DeMarvion Overshone. I've been saying for years that Dan Quinn did a great job of uh, really uh, just – uh, evolving his philosophy on defense from when he was the architect of the Legion of Boom. Now he believes in positionless football. Is a big fan of it. I think even before Micah Parsons, uh, I think that was more of a serendipitous, uh, uh, you know, serendipitous uh, happenstance, if you will, that he ended up with the Cowboys and they drafted Micah Parsons. I'm sure he was, you know, advising them to do so. But something he was experimenting with, even in his time in Atlanta, he was experimenting with positionless football and with the Cowboys with the three safeties that he uses all the time, the three safety package which he uses probably around forty percent of the time, and with Michael Parsons moving him around the chessboard, uh, having guys like Keanu Neal last year, he was another guy he moved around a lot. He likes having a lot of players that are versatile. Uh, Makuyamu is probably another one of his projects, and Demarvin Overshawn is perfect moving from safety as a hybrid to linebacker he's a guy that's perfect the new age linebacker a spread baby in the modern nfl Mm -hmm. especially in a system like dan quinn who wants to use his weaponize his hybrid skill set yeah that's what i've been talking about since day one you know he came into the university of texas as a big time safety with his recruitment then they moved him to the linebacker and the comparison that i kept trying to give him was cam chancellor who by the way played for Dan Quinn, and that was the position that I was looking for him to play here at the University of Texas. It took some time for him to buy into it, and once he bought bought into it, he became the player that he did here at the university. So for me, if he just happens to end up with the Cowboys, that'll be great because one of the positions that I continue to talk to you about has always been the linebacker position, and if he can come in and and find a way to fill that void and fill that gap – I'm all for it. Yep. I'm all for it. Yeah, the LVE is going to yeah. be a free agent, so they're going to need you know, some linebacker. Anthony help. Barr is going to be gone. You know, Anthony those Barr's other guys that they brought in that, you know, we're still waiting on Damone Clark and, yeah, and Jabril, uh, Cox. Jabril Cox and see what they're yeah. doing, but they seem to be dragging their feet a little bit. Not Clark, because Clark's been He's running been well. They like him. And he played well. But uh, Cox hadn't been doing much of anything. So I'm if he's gonna get passed up, why not take a chance on a young player like DeMarvian yeah. and bring him in? So All right, what you got coming in front of people on Harsh Knock Life? Well, since we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, there's a safety that may be on the move, and the reason why he's ready to make a move is he just wants to keep some of his money. 
And I think the Cowboys might want to look at him as well. Ooh, I like that. We'll get into some Cowboys discussion, uh, talk about what they may be looking at in the draft. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, one on the Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Happy birthday, Texas. That's what the theme is right there. Got their Texas independence. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HarbaughHard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. We love it when you're part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Also, you know, you just heard the intro talking about Cover 3. They have crawfish now. Make sure you get over to Cover 3 and get you some of that crawfish, mm-hmm. Cover 3, Cover nice. 2. They have it in different types of flavors. However you want it, they can make it for you. I went by there today. It was out standing so get over there now and by the way people always ask are they big crawfish they are big crawfish i had one today look like a lobster i ain't even gonna <laughs> lie to you and it was doggone good so i wanted to talk a little bit about this um which since we're talking about the cowboys we're talking about the uh combine the cowboys are in a position unique position to where we can agree that we love the safeties that the Dallas Cowboys have. Mm-hmm. We love us some Malik Hooker. I know you 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 get down with a Jaron Curse and of course Donovan Wilson from Texas A&M. He's been a headhunter all year. But there's different things that each of them are good at, and there's some things that they're not good at, right? So you sit there and you're looking at what are you doing with all three of those? You're bringing them in in different situations. Are you going to be able to sign them? Are you going to make moves? What are you going to do at that position? Are you going to draft at that position? But I found it interesting today that one of the players that I'm very fond of in the NFL is looking for – can you say a brighter place to play? Uh, wants to play a little bit more in the sun. Want to go to a place where there's not a lot of taxes. Where he is right now, he made $5.6 million um, last season. But he's paying a 12.75% tax rate every time. Yeah. And that's taking a big chunk of what he's earning. So as I sit and I look at it and saying, okay, look at the safety market, right? The highest paid safeties in, in the NFL, you start looking around and you're trying to figure it out. So number the lowest paid at number 10 is Jesse Bates for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's making 12.9. Quandre Diggs is making $13 million. Raven safety, Marcus Williams making 14. Uh Titan safety is his name Kevin Byer. Kevin Kevin Byer. 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 That's how you said it. Byer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fourteen point one million. Eddie Jackson for the Bears is making fourteen point six. Buddha Baker fourteen point seven five. Byer Baker and I believe Justin Simmons are all. By the way, what's your boy? Caden Stearns. No. David Mugaletta. Oh, is he with him too? Yeah, he's oh, got, yeah. He got a crew. He makes sure his crew gets paid. Yeah, he does. You know what I'm saying? Justin Simmons is making 15.5. Harrison Smith, 16 million. Jamal Adams is making mm-hmm. 17.5. So on the on the Seattle Seahawks, 
you're pl- paying $33 million or, yeah, $30 million for two safeties. Yeah, and they, they regret that, Jamal Adams. Right, right, because he's was, been oft injured. Yeah, and he just hasn't. They, they, he's, he's a, a box he's safety. He's a glorified linebacker. Yeah. In the world of versatility, where that's what you value in safeties now. That's why the Cowboys love their safeties. He has he has very little versatility. Right. He's a great player. Great player. But not that not a versatile not safety. A, not, not a no. safety like that. And he hadn't made <laughs> Pro Bowls in a while either. Uh, but the number one overall safety that's the highest paid safety in the league is Minka Fitzpatrick, 18.2. Mm-hmm. Million dollars. Beast mode can play anywhere. Can play. Yeah, he's a freak. Can play anywhere. I, I wanted the Cowboys to get him. I ain't even gonna lie. When he was mm-hmm. in the draft, I was like, I was hoping. But then, of course, he got drafted by um, Miami. And yeah. I'm like, come on, man. How they get him? You know. But he's a, he was a freak freak athlete and has done well with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So here's the question for for you, Rod. I look at this NFL player. And I look at his how good he is playing the position, and do you would you put him in the same category as you would with those guys? And that's why I'm worried about the Cowboys. The player that I'm talking about is Jordan Poirier. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. He's a damn good player, and you can tell when he's on the field and when he's not mm-hmm. on the field. Their defense is a totally different team when he's on it as opposed to when he's not on it. And I just I'm curious to it because he's a captain of the team. He earned all pro uh first team and pro bowl honors. He's 31 years old though. He's 31 years old and I didn't realize this either. He's been in the league 10 years. Yeah. So he was a youngster when he came in. Yeah. I was at safety safety age as well. That's why okay. you move corners who can no longer play corner athletically to safety. to safety. Safety is a, a position that ages really well. Um, you can have older players at safety. Yeah. Yeah. So if you start looking at what he's done over his contract, like I said, he <laughs> earned $5.9 million throughout that. But Poirier made more money in 2022 than he did in 2020, 2019, 2020, and 2021 with his salaries combined for those three years. Yeah. Because of the taxes that he was getting robbed of during that time, so I am looking at him as a as a person that is going mm-hmm. to be on the move. I think he has great value, whether it's through trade. Mm-hmm. He's an unrestricted free agent. Though. Okay, he's an unrestricted free agent. Some of the teams that obviously are, that that have the things that he's looking for: sun and less taxes. Florida, Nevada, Tennessee, Texas. In Washington, all fit hmm. that criteria of where he would be in a good spot. You, the teams that I just named, you can pick either Jacksonville or Miami. And it, you know, his hmm. girl is like, I think her name is Jenna Bush yeah. or something like that. Well, I don't know what her name is, but she, I Rachel know you're Bush. About. That's it. Yeah. Her name is Rachel Bush. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So you know, oh, know. she want to be in Florida. Yeah. She might want to be in Nevada. She looks good. She in definitely want to be in Texas. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of options for her to move around and for him as well. Mm. But what would you see being the best mm. fit for him as a as a team mm. would be looking for a safety in this before um, the draft? Because mm. this is somebody you you if you're not close to winning it. You don't go spend the money on him, right? Yeah. If you're not putting yourself in a position to win, I agree with that. you don't want to go out there and spend that type of money. And that's the biggest question that I have for a lot of teams 
is like who is truly constructing themselves to win a championship year in and year out. Because some of these owners, you can tell. You're like, oh, no, they're just trying to make it through the season, get the gates, make a little bit of money, pay mm-hmm. here. They're not really chasing that 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 championship. They're just trying to play the games. Yeah. There point. are some people that you look at and they're like, like L.A., they were like, F them picks, we going for it all. This is, Now they're like, can we get some of them picks back? I'll trade you Jalen Ramsey. I'll, I'll, I'll trade you somebody. But we need to get some of these picks back. But other teams are looking at it as well. So if you are a team that is looking for a safety, do you make a play? And you got to be close because you don't want to spend a lot of money if you're not close. you got to have somebody that's going to take you over the top. There's a lot of teams that are out there mm. that are looking for that type of player. But how close are they? Because he, he if he's going to leave Buffalo, he has to go to a contender because he's been in that mm. situation for a while. And it's, it's only like five contenders. Right. And um, some of them are C- pretty sad. Cincinnati don't need you. They got good safety. Because they just got Jesse Bates. <clears throat> Kansas City, just they just drafted a bunch of rookies back yeah. there. So they're pretty set. Um, I mean, Philadelphia is pretty set, too, even though they're pretty much on the cusp. You, you're leaving Buffalo. There's yep. not a lot of places. And yep. that's why I say the Dallas Cowboys. What are you going to do with those three mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. that Jordan can possibly create one? Yeah, but see, the problem with that is the Cowboys have never seen the safety as a premium position. Trust me, I've even, been trying to get Earl Thomas there when Earl was yeah, on the market. Like even with Earl the evolving NFL, like, like like John Schneider, Seahawks GM, and I, 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 I tend to agree more with him. He considers safety to be the biggest utility position a team could have, and he says it's easily the most versatile. Dan Quinn believes that too, but Dan Quinn is good at getting a value out of your safety position. Right. The Cowboys for years have never really believed that – the safety position is worthy of draft capital or even salary cap capital in the free agency world. Since 2002, Cowboys have only spent one pick, one, uno, on the top 125 on any draft on a safety. Right. Of any draft on a safety. Since 2013. Was it Donovan Wilson? Since 2013. uh, Well, top 100 picks. um, uh, since I got to go back and look oh, and God. see exactly when he was drafted. I'm not sure. Since 2013, 75% of the NFL have picked at least one safety in the first or second round. The Cowboys have not done that. So the Cowboys don't really believe in drafting safeties really high, and they don't necessarily value them in the open market. They signed Malik Hooker to a mercenary deal, also signed J. Run Curse to a mercenary yeah. deal until he proved himself, and then they signed him to a two-year deal. Same thing with Malik Hooker, and they're going to let Donovan Wilson probably walk just because they believe Dan Quinn can get the most out of mercenaries or these um, these renovation projects at safety or these guys you can draft late in rounds like a Donovan Wilson or a Makuyamu, yeah, another yeah. guy. So they, I don't think the Cowboys are even in that conversation. They just don't value safety like that. I do. They don't. Well, and that's been one of my biggest problems mm-hmm. with them because I look at it totally different. I'm like you. I'm looking at the safety position and saying – all right, man, we need to go get this. We need to back in. And that's the biggest problem that I've had with it throughout this time. So I think he was drafted. It doesn't say where he was drafted at, though. Dang it. I'm looking um, for it. But, no, it's they, they don't they, – because, remember, they drafted Byron Jones. With Byron Jones, they drafted as a corner. cornerback. He was yep. a defensive back. They drafted him as a corner and wanted him to play corner. So he's not in there. They just don't draft safeties really high. But, and for the record – Six-round pick in 2019. Yeah, so not a lot of teams draft safeties high, period. 
Right. Now, it, it, that's just, you got to be a freak. Yeah, they, they, that's just not a position that has been drafted high. But I, I think that it makes your defense most versatile. It's the argument can be made. It's the most versatile uh, position on the defense, period. But yeah. especially in the back seven, and it makes you multiple, and teams don't want to use it. I don't know why. The the best teams, though, you can see they prioritize it. And Dan Quinn, he does. The, the Cowboys play about 40% big nickel, big dime, which is three safety packages yep. in their secondaries. So they love having multiple safeties. Yeah. They just don't want to pay for them. They don't want to pay for them. They're yeah. going to try to find somebody to get them off the scrap heap. Yeah. Which, you know what? I'm not, I'm not hating on the Cowboys for that because it finally worked. Yeah. Malik Hooker, J. Run, Curse, exactly. It find, the finally, was, it finally. Yeah. It, but I, I think the the key to it working is Dan Quinn. Yeah, I think he's able to maximize and weaponize those talents in his hybrid positionless football scheme. I think before that, the Cowboys had a hard time with their philosophy of let's find a a safety for cheap. And by the way, you have to in the NFL, you have to have some positions in a salary cap league that you try to get on the cheap. Yeah, but the safety is that for the Cowboys. It's always a, a position that they're not going to throw a lot of money. They in. Never, never look do. at them that way. They want a bargain there. Yeah, they want a bargain there, and they yeah. they got three of the best in the NFL right now. No doubt. They no got doubt. three of the got, best bargain safeties in the league. I told you last year was the first year that I really <laughs> watched Donovan Wilson grow yeah. up, and he took it by storm. He played well. Yeah. He was the number two. You're right. It wasn't the 100th. He was drafted in the sixth round by the Cowboys, 213th overall. Exactly. They, they, they always want to value yeah. there. They yep. just This is how the Cowboys operate. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is they, they never see a safety they like enough to take early in the draft. And then on the free agent market, you talked about it, whether it be a trade or free agency, they don't really value safety there. They wait till the end of free agency and go find a Malik Hooker yeah. or a J Run Curse or it was Keanu Neal a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. It's worked for them, but only with Dan Quinn. Before that, as hard as you mentioned, it was a disastrous it was, it was philosophy. Terrible, yeah. terrible philosophy. Yeah. So hopefully. No, no, they they learned something from it. Well, the name to pay attention to, continue to watch it, Jordan Poirier, find out where he ends up mm. because he is an unrestricted free agency, and I think he's going to end up with a team that is going to put him over the top. And a name that didn't pop up in there, which I'm kind of shocked, was Derwin James. Derwin James just got paid, too. Yeah, he should be in there. Yeah, he should definitely well, be one of those like safety. A, yeah, a mistake. It has should, to be because he's a Mulligata guy too. Yeah, he is. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Mulligata don't know. play. Mulligata, he got, he gets their money. Mulligata get your pay. <laughs> yes, he does. I think they call him money Mulligata. I, I need to get with money Mulligata. <laughs> yeah, we need to get to yeah. money Mulligata. <laughs> no uh, all right, come back. We'll get into off the record on the other side. This is a fantastic story. Also has a Austin connection. Um, but we'll get into it. It is a definitely a new age uh, millennial story, but I'm sure all you old heads like myself will have some fun with it. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, I want to put on the horn. DD Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, man. It's cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for a little off the record. Uh, gentlemen, are you, or have you ever been gamers? 
Have you been classified as a gamer in your never life been. at one point? I mean, yeah, I played video games, but I was never a gamer. No, yeah, I was never good. I was never good enough to be a gamer. I was pretty good at some of them, like the sports games. We'd play Halo a ton. I was good at Halo back in the day. I was a Mario Madden Kart. Guy. I was a Madden. I was a Madden guy. Yes, I was good at Madden. I had my games. I was good at, but I was never a gamer. To me, gamer means. It's a lifestyle, man. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 this is what you do. This is what you do. Yeah, I this usually I usually do. get the the next console or whatever later than everybody else does. Yes, yeah, he's not a priority and then it's for like, you. And then it's like when they're like, hey, man, Madden doesn't come out on that console anymore. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll get a new console. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, it's people are updating you about, oh, you don't know Madden doesn't play on that console? You're like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm with you. That's how I am, too. And I, obviously now I don't play games at all. You got you got kids, though, all right? Yep. So you probably get on a game every now and then. No, I try to avoid them as much <clears> as I possibly can. Because my son likes to talk a lot of trash. Oh, you can't. You don't and like I don't that. Want, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. Your son does talk a lot of trash. <laughs> he, he talks, talks trash to me. Yeah. When I like, first met him, I'm like, bro, I just met you. <laughs> and then I've been doing my research on yeah, you, dog. Yeah, he does, man. He does. Um, okay, so how about this? Apparently, uh, the former Westlake chap uh, and Illinois forward Matthew Mayer is a he's a he's a gamer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this is a thing. So apparently he's missed a couple of days of practice. He returned to practice uh, yesterday after sitting out two days with what was labeled. I don't even know if it was diagnosed, but labeled as <laughs> caffeine poisoning. I BS you not. Mm. Here is <laughs> uh, Illinois forward Matthew Mayer explaining why he was out sick uh, because of caffeine poisoning. Mm. I've actually been sick the last few days. I had caffeine poisoning. I literally had uh, six monsters the day of the game. I only had one before, but I had five after because I like a caffeine-induced euphoria to play video games in. Um, and <laughs> so I uh, I could barely get out of bed the next day. It was like basically like a caffeine hangover. And uh, so this is my first day of practicing since then. A caffeine-induced euphoria so I can play the game. Five monsters after the game just to get on the game. Because he only took one before the game. To get pumped up. So he needs one to get pumped up for the basketball game. But he he needs five five to to play the video game? This is why drugs can't be legal. (laughs) This is why. Because that dude found a legal drug. He's like, look, this is low-key enough that I want. He's like, what's the most uh, caffeine filled thing monster energy Corbin's gonna pound five of them in a row like dude that's drugs that's you can't drugs. do that wow five yeah. five there's gotta be some warning on the can also, about that also if i tried to do that not only would i probably have a heart attack i would definitely my be. gaming would be disturbed by me having to pee every 14 <laughs> seconds because you're old. five months you're an old man or maybe he's Goodness wearing. Gracious. Maybe he's so obsessed with the game, he's wearing adult diapers. Now that would be a new obsession. That, that means uh, you that you died. That's you're a dialed class, in. That's a classified as an addiction. If he has yeah. adult diapers, so he doesn't you know have what? to go to you bathroom. You know what he has? That's addiction. He's got a pickle jar. <laughs> Pause the game real quick, guys. Yeah. Give me a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, here right here. Okay, so is this disturbing though? From a because, like I said, you can be addicted to anything. It, we yes. know this now. I have an addictive personality. Caffeine, caffeine yeah. is a drug. So I gotta watch that kind of stuff too. Because I, I do. I was like, man, I've been doing this for a long yep. time, and I, you know, I got an obsessive behavior about it. This is an a kind of this is obsession. I mean, no question. Yeah. Shit. Did he try to curb this behavior? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Once, once you have to miss time because of it. A caffeine? I didn't even heard of this before. No, I haven't either. I, I mean, it's going to be a thing now. It will. It's, it's going to be, hey, watch watch the local news in like two weeks. 
<laughs> children Again. around the planet or children around the U.S. are, are yes. finding a caffeine euphoria. That's, way, that's how he described it. And he yeah. described it in a way that he's done it before, but this time it backfired on him somehow. Yeah, like I feel de- like he was dehydrated yeah, or something. His body said, hey, he was, dude, he just you played just a game. had six and you of did, them in one day. And I bet he was really dehydrated. Yes. How can you not be dehydrated? You played a game. Yes. So you basically ran a few miles <laughs> and then went back and drank five monsters after you ran a couple of miles and probably stayed and probably was sleep deprived too. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Probably straight up, I don't know, all night long playing the damn game. Well, because if you take five, if you drink five monster energies after a basketball game, so I don't know what time the game ended. But, I, I'm guessing it's got to be a weekday game or a weekend game, I'm right? assuming, yeah. It's got to be a Saturday like yeah, earlier assuming, in the day. Yeah. yeah. You're still like you're not going to bed till five in the morning minimum. No, you're right after after a game in Harsh. So you're wired. Yes, after you a still game, can't shut it down. You can't yet. shut it down. So you're no. wired anyway. So that's probably what he does to kind of decompress is get on the game. But instead of decompressing, it actually gets them all amped up again. Obviously, unbelievable, man. That's that's yeah, dude. That's what, what do you think it smells like when you sweat <laughs> after drinking six Monster Energies? Oh, because you know, like whatever you eat or drink, yeah, when you sweat, you should... if you drink, if you eat or drink a lot of something, you oh, just kind of we... smell like it afterwards. Oh, I've I've, I've experienced it. Yeah. So, it like, does he just smell? It ain't a good smell. It ain't a good smell. <laughs> I don't know what it smells like for that, but I remember after losing a game and then going to crawl before you walk, where you have to crawl on your hands and knees and then say "I love Texas" uh, it, it, like five to ten times every ten yards, and then go back to bear crawling, and we would do that. Till Mad Dog got tired, mm. which guys be throwing up and <laughs> passing out on the side, and you would the smell of alcohol. Oh uh, yeah, of people just you would smell it, and we do it on the football like out in DKR. It, uh. it's, it's straight up disrespecting the the the, the, the spirit of DKR in that stadium, man, because it was just it was reeked <laughs> of <laughs> vodka and tequilas, and, uh. and, it, and it would make, it make you throw up. Yeah, because it's so you bad. Smell them yeah. and you're already like, oh, man. And then you, oh, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. It was terrible. Can't Cra- deal with it. Caught it crawl before you walk. Every time we lost, we had to do that. We didn't lose a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I we see. Yeah, we didn't lose, hey, we didn't lose the a lot. The focus no. was there. Oh, man. <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, all right. There you go. A uh, little conversation about the gaming uh, world and the gaming culture there. Caffeine poisoning. Wow. Yeah, kids, don't do that. Don't do don't that. Do that. Don't do that. No. No. Do not you do know that. what? Yeah, don't how, 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 what's the um the, the time limit you give your kids on games, Harch? You you, you time? No, nah, nah, I don't really time cuz he's responsible. He he's only You know what I'm saying? Okay, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't abuse he, it. He does not abuse that and he's up early for school. Good for him. Make straight A's, so All I right. can't I can't no caffeine you know, poison. No, none of that. No, and he hates caffeine. <laughs> he doesn't drink a lot of. Uh, he don't need it. He does. Yeah, he's. He yeah, don't I, need I do it. not need him. He's on caffeine. naturally a little wired anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay uh, chill, bro. No doubt. All right, yeah. we come back. We got Texas basketball discussion that lost to TCU uh, to short choice, declining a job offer in the NFL. We'll talk more about that right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine the Horn.